Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of GNWP Talks. My name is Dina Lekhal and I'm a research and advocacy intern here at GNWP. I'm joined by my colleagues Mavic, Prativa and Ranhan. Today we're going to talk about our latest work in relation to National Action Plan 1325, particularly in Nepal, and we'll be interviewing our newest Cora Weiss fellow who also happens to be from Nepal. From 2010 to 2014, GNWP coordinated a civil society monitoring project on the implementation of UNSCR 1325 and supporting women, peace and security resolutions in 24 countries called Women Count. Women Count found that there is a consistent lack of transparent and reliable funding and resourcing, which has been an obstacle in the implementation of the WPS agenda in these countries. In response to this challenge, GNWP facilitated National Action Plan costing and budgeting workshops in Georgia, Jordan, and Nepal. Today, we are going to take a closer look at GNWP's work in Nepal. Nepal adopted a National Action Plan on UNSCR 1325 and 1820 in February 2011, and the first phase of implementation has borne many achievements and the second phase of the NAP is currently underway. In June 2017, GNWP facilitated a three-day workshop in partnership with Nepal's Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction, 1325 Action Group, and UN Women. GNWP's international coordinator, Mavic, is here with us today to discuss this experience with us. Mavic, could you elaborate on the goals of this workshop? First of all, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners. And thank you, Dina, for hosting this episode of GNWP Talks. So as you mentioned, we were in Nepal in June to facilitate the National Action Plan costing and budgeting workshop. The objectives of the workshop were to raise awareness on the importance of a costing process for a national action plan. And as you also mentioned, one of the gaps in national action plans is there's no dedicated funding for implementation. So the workshop aimed to present a methodology wherein the key stakeholders, meaning the lead implementing agency, in the case of Nepal, it's the Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction, civil society, UN women, and other UN entities, as well as other donors, and also police and Nepal army, to actually assign cost to each of the activities of the National Action Plan. And after assigning those costs, they will have a general budget, which they would then present to their cabinet council and the parliament for approval. So it was a, the objective was to enhance their skills on costing and budgeting and apply those to the National Action Plan. Thank you, Mavic. I have a second question for you. At this workshop, a key focus was placed on gender responsive budgeting. Could you explain to us what GRB entails and why it is so important? Gender responsive budgeting principles allow the National Action Plan stakeholders or implementers to analyze how specific budget is allocated for specific activities and 
how those activities are promoting women's rights, gender equality, especially in the area of peace and security. So it's a process of analyzing and guaranteeing that gender equality principles are reflected in the plan and there's a corresponding financial resources to implement the plan. Secretary Thakur emphasized the importance of implementing the National Action Plan at the local level. Do you share his opinion? Why is localization of the NAP so important? I absolutely share Secretary Takur's opinion. Secretary Takur, by the way, is the uh, Secretary for the Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction, which is the uh, lead coordinating agency for the National Action Plan. And in most parts of the world, conflicts do not happen in the capital city or in urban centers. Very rarely they do. And it is often the local communities, remote, rural, or even urban poor communities that are directly affected by conflict. And yet, most policy development or policy planning happen in the capital, excluding the people who are directly affected. How can they own, how can they participate in implementation of the plan, the National Action Plan, if they do not know about it. So a fundamental step is raising the local community's awareness about the National Action Plan, and then after raising their awareness, identifying key pillars or key sections of the National Action Plan that are most applicable to their context. And as you know, conflict varies from one country to another, but also even within regions in the same country. So the localization guarantees ownership and participation by people who are most directly affected by conflict in the implementation of the National Action Plan. So in many ways, the success of the implementation of the National Action Plan or any, you know, any government plan for that matter relies on ownership and participation by the people who are directly affected and by the people who will most benefit from the implementation of the National Action Plan. And uh, for the information of our readers, I, yeah, our, our listeners, especially those who were not able to listen to our previous podcasts, GNWP pioneered the localization strategy, which is now implemented in 15 countries and which has been cited by the United Nations Secretary General in his report to the Council in the last five years as a key strategy for implementation, as a best practice in the implementation of the Women, Peace and Security Resolutions. Thank you, Mavic. Now let's turn to Katrina Leclerc, who is not physically with us right now, but she is currently in Canada. But thankfully for incredibly fast technology, she is a part of our conversation. Katrina will be elaborating on Mavic's points as she was with Mavic in Nepal. Hello, my name is Katrina Leclerc, and I am the Girl Ambassadors for Peace Program Coordinator at GNWP. And I've had the opportunity to travel to Nepal back in June with Mavic, our international coordinator, 
to host a workshop with the Nepal government and with the Nepal Action Group on 1325 and UN Women, a workshop on costing and budgeting of national action plans on women, peace and security. Now I've been asked to explain what the preparation means for the costing and budgeting of national action plans workshop is. And so what I particularly thought was most useful was the costing template which is used during our workshop. So the costing temp template uses the different aspects and the different components of the national action plan specific to the country in order to identify specific tasks and specific activities and then therefore to cost the different activities and so identify the thorough numbers and then to also identify where the revenue will come from. And so what we've noticed in Nepal is that multiple times over and over again the government have, has identified and has enumerated that funding was not the problem. It was where the sources of the funding was coming from. And so for Nepal's first national action plan, they thought that they needed a lot of external funders. And, the, and that made the government and the national action plan very, very dependent on international aid. But that's not what should be the case. The with this workshop, the government realized, and the different civil society organizations and different um, experts that were around the table realized that they in fact have the money. They have ample money for this national action plan implementation. It's just that it had not previously been costed or budgeted and therefore they were not aware where the money should be coming from and what ministries should be taking care of this. And so by doing a costing and budgeting analysis and by doing these workshops we enable governments to actually be able to put funding into different components and into specific tasks and activities related to their national action plans which have been agreed upon. The other thing that was very interesting and very important with our costing and budgeting workshop in Nepal was the different experts that come around the table. Like Mavic has discussed about the gen gender responsive budgeting and then the government financial experts, those people are essential for understanding how to cost and budget NAPs and how to understand why and how we can implement a women, peace and security lens on our financial institutions and how we distribute the money accordingly. These experts are crucial for the costing and budgeting workshop and were very essential when we were in Nepal as well. Now the process of costing and budgeting a national action plan is very important because this is what makes national action plans accountable. This is what makes national action plans capable of being implemented to their fullest potential. And also it makes the national action plans goals and different activities more realistic. Often national action plans are highly criticized because of their nature in the sense that they are not smart goals, that they're not specific enough, that they're not measurable, achievable, relevant, or trackable. And therefore, this ex exercise of, of costing and budgeting helps us and those developing the National Action Plan to understand and see where the gaps are for being able to implement this from a concrete perspective. And therefore, the costing and budgeting is so crucial. As part of our project with UN Women, we are developing a manual of how to cost and budget a national action plan. 
Again, because National Action Plan budgeting and costing is so important and so efficient for the implementation and for monitoring also the National Action Plans in different countries, this manual will be an easy guide to be able to pick, be picked up and used in order to replicate this costing and budgeting workshop in different countries and in different regions. This will be useful for a variety of reasons and this is so important because it's a universal process. It's a process that can be used across different cultural alliance, across different realities and different governments. We can use this costing and budgeting and adapt it to our own national action plans wherever we are. And so the Nepal, the Jordan, and the Georgia examples are simply case studies which demonstrate how useful and how efficient the costing and budgeting can be. So I invite you to keep an eye out for the manual when we're going to be launching it, hopefully this coming fall. And to also keep your own government accountable and see how they can cost and budget their own NAPs to be able to implement it and monitor it on the ground. Thank you, Katrina. Now I'd like to take the time to introduce Prativa Kanal, GNWP's newest Cora Weiss Fellow. So Prativa is the second recipient of the Cora Weiss Fellowship for Young Women Peacebuilders. She is a human rights lawyer from Kathmandu, Nepal. Her area of work focuses on criminal law, transitional justice, gender, and peacebuilding. We're very excited to have her in New York for the next 12 months. She will be working with GNWP in the implementation of resolutions on women, peace, and security. Her goal is to use the knowledge she will gain and the networks she will establish during her time as a Cora Weiss Fellow to eventually create an organization in her own hometown that will provide female victims of sexual and gender-based violence with appropriate social care and legal resources. Prativa, could you describe your involvement in the implementation of 1325 and the WPS resolutions in Nepal? Firstly, good morning and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, firstly, I'd like to thank uh, GNWP and uh, the Koravis Fellow Fellowship and Dina yourself very much for providing me with this fellowship and with this opportunity to share my work experience back in Nepal and how uh, I'm going to use my this fellowship for the improvement uh, in any legal or policy reforms in Nepal. Uh, to start with your first question. Uh, as to how my work was regarding the implementation of 1325 in, and 1820 in Nepal. Uh, I'd like to give a, a brief introduction of myself. Uh, I worked with various organizations in Nepal, including the American Bar Association, uh, Transitional Justice Resource Center, uh, World Vision Advocacy Forum, CCS Italy, and UN Women. And uh, basically, my work in these organizations were uh, focused on two things. The first one I would like to deal here is about I worked directly with the victims of uh, conflict, including that of SCVV, that is sexual and gender-based violence, from a very remote and marginalized area districts in Nepal. And secondly, my work was to collaborate with various uh, government and non-government counterparts for the, implementa for the implementation of 1325 and 1820. And now to deal with what my roles uh, was, uh, roles and responsibilities were with specific, uh, while working directly with the victims of conflict, uh, I'd like to say that I used to coordinate, uh, I used to coordinate while providing this legal and psychosocial counseling services uh, through various mobile legal help decks in remote districts of Nepal. And then we also used to provide uh, various livelihood skills and opportunities to these victims. And also uh, the most important ones, we used to provide uh, like 
for some victims of SCBV, we used to provide uh, these medical expenses. These were the victims who had a very prolonged, you know, like problems in reproductive health, which was occurred due to the conflict. And while dealing, now I'd like to move on to the second part of my roles and responsibilities, that is uh, to collaborate with various government and non-government counterparts in Nepal. Uh, my role was basically to identify victims from marginalized areas uh, in order to refer them to uh, them for the relief packages which was introduced by the Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction in Nepal and then also assist uh, the victims like uh, assist the victims in a col close collaboration with the government counterparts to file cases at the truth commissions and commission on enforced disappearances which have already been established for three years in Nepal and then we also collaborated with the local, very local district uh, stakeholders in order to build various peace memorials in the form of peace libraries, uh, water tanks, and you know, like we first assessed the needs of the conflict victims in that remote areas, and then we uh, helped them build those peace memorials. And also we provided various trainings and workshops related to the localization of National Action Plan in Nepal and then also assisted the local stakeholders to formulate their uh, district specific, uh, you know, like village specific and district specific uh, local action plans. And then we submitted this to the Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction. And then various trainings and workshops were also done on the documentation of SCBV cases, how to be like very sensitive while recording these cases and all. And one of the like other most important training which was provided was about the importance of in-camera hearings um, for the victims of uh, sexual and gender-based violence. And um, also we collaborated with the local district uh, stakeholders uh, in remote villages uh, to, in order to formulate gender-sensitive uh, gender community security plans in uh, 21 villages of Nepal. And we also assisted uh, them to help uh, in, that, in the implementation of these plans in the respective villages. And um, so, so as a summary of all this, I would like to say that my role was basically to collaborate with the Ministry of Peace and Reconstruction, uh, Ministry of Women, Children, uh, Children and Social Affairs, uh, the Ministry of Law and Justice, the Curriculum Development Center, uh, in order to make some, bring some legal and policy reforms in Nepal. And talking about this, um, our role with the collaboration with Curriculum Development Center, our, we often various time collaborated in order to form a very comprehensive uh, reference materials on this 1325 and 1820. So yes, uh, my involvement in Nepal is basically working at uh, grassroots levels, uh, district uh, and central level for the advocacy and implementation of, 1320, uh, of the UN Security Council resolutions 1325 and 1820. Thank you, Prativa. I'm also here with my colleague and GNWP's newest research and advocacy intern, Brunhan Tian. She also has a few questions for Prativa. Um, thank you, Dina, and hello, Prativa. My first question is, how do you see the connection between your work here at GNWP and your work on the ground in Nepal? Thank you, Runhan, for this very important question. Uh, so talking about how the works at GNWP and my, how my works uh, at home are interrelated, I'd like to first share what GNWP actually does. GNWP, like it works for the advocacy related works for the implementation of the United Nations Security Council resolutions 1325 and 1820 and also for the localization of these 
resolutions into country-specific plans. So coming from a very South Asian context, um, that is from Nepal, my focus uh, while I'll be working for one year at this GNWP will be on Bangladesh, Indonesia, Nepal and other South Asian and Asia Pacific countries where GNWP will be implementing its various projects on 1325 and 1820. So basically I'll be using my locally generated knowledge, the knowledge which I have brought from my home country from the very grassroots level to a more regional and global settings uh, out, of which we, we, uh, out of which I'll enhance my knowledge and skills transfer also. So like working closely with various UN agencies and various civil society organizations in those countries and in the New York itself, it will help me to polish my very locally generated knowledge. And then after being or after like polishing this knowledge, I will use my this very polished knowledge to make various reforms like policy and legal reforms in my home country for the better implementation of United Nations Security Council Resolutions 1325 and 1820. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Prativa. And you have been living in New York City for almost one month. So we want to know how do you like New York City so far? Well, Runhan, that's a very important and interesting question. So yes, I've been liking the city very much. It's already been three weeks. Uh, I just like the view of the city, the nightlife of the city, and I like the city how it keeps itself very busy. The people are very busy, yet they are very happy. And another important thing which I like the most about them is how they are dedicated towards their work. So yes, I, I have been liking it very much and I look forward to exploring it more. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Prativa, and thank you, Runhan, for your questions. Um, Runhan, why don't you introduce yourself for us? Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Runhan from China, and now I'm a graduate student at New York University, pursuing my master's degree in global affairs with a concentration in global gender studies. And I'm concerned about women's empowerment, gender equality, and also women's peace and security. I'm glad to join GNWP as a research and advocacy intern, and I also look forward to working with our team members to promote the implementation of UN Resolution 1325 and 1820. Thank you so much, Runhan, Prativa, and Mavic. And this is a wrap for episode 16 of GNWP Talks. See you next month.